Now join me as we read responsibly the invitation, the litany of invitation and confession. We come to celebrate Epiphany and the many ways God is present in our lives. We come to We remember that Jesus was born in a stable. He brought hope to the poor in Angels sang of his birth. Shepherds came to visit him. The Magi followed a star to find him. The spirit of Epiphany surrounds us with mystery. Sisters and brothers, though we lack patience, God does not. God has forgiven us and gives us stamina for the road ahead. Let us lift our voices in praise to God. to the worship of God at Northside Drive Baptist Church. I'm so delighted to be worshiping with you this morning. I want to welcome especially visitors here. Uh, if you're a visitor, we invite you to fill out uh, the information sheet that's on the edge of your order of worship and place that in the offering plate uh, during the offertory. We know we have some guests with us, including Reverend Lanny Peters. Uh, Lanny, we're so glad that you're here with us. Lanny is our special guest in the Art and Soul classroom uh, today and then next week, and he's been talking about the literature of Flannery O'Connor. And so we're so glad to have you with us in worship, Lanny. Welcome. He is a part of our Jewish Baptist uh, study dialogue and a friend to many at Northside Drive. James and Liz are visiting with grandchildren and uh, children this week in Asheville, Weaverville, North Carolina. They send their regards and prayers for safe journeys for them. You may have noticed that uh, the worship leader was listed as Caitlin Cook Fur, but Reverend Karen Massey is here. And thank you, Karen, for being here in Caitlin's stead. Caitlin called me last night. She and Peter were driving from Washington, D.C. Everything's okay. I don't want to bury the lead. But, but they got a flat tire and couldn't make it. We were so excited to have Caitlin back. She's been on a, a, a study abroad trip, two different uh, countries, in fact. So we'll hope she'll return to us next week. This is Epiphany Sunday. You saw the wise women and wise men come in and, and leading us uh, to the manger. The creche is still up on this final day of Christmas. You notice on the front of your order of worship a quote by Thomas Merton, who describes an epiphany that he had in 1958. After years of silent, uh, contemplative prayer and meditation in a Trappist monastery, he stepped out into the world 
into uh, Louisville, segregated Louisville, at the corner of the African-American, the beginning of the African-American neighborhood, and experience an epiphany of love. Epiphany can come to us in so many different ways. We hear those familiar ways in the texts that have been selected in the lectionary from Isaiah and from Psalms, and the familiar story of the Magi in Matthew. So let's continue our worship by hearing those texts. The light of God has come to the people of God. It will be celebrated near and far. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your hearts shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense, and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Here ends the first lesson. And now let's say our prayers together. God of starlight, we praise and adore you for breaking into the darkness of this world with the glorious light of your presence, a light which made your love for the world visible in the baby born in Bethlehem, a light which guided those gift-bearing travelers from afar to find and worship the Christ child, a light that still beckons to us today, 2,000 years later. So may we, like the wise men, follow your light. Like they who found their way to worship the Christ child, may your light lead us to worship you, not out of a sense of obligation or uninspired habit, but because we long to encounter the holy. In worshiping you, may you sing to us your peace, offer us your grace, and inspire us to live with hope. May we, like the wise men, be filled with awe by having been in your presence today. Like the wise men who brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, may we, O oh God, bring to you our best gifts. Because we have been given much, in this new year may we resolve to be grateful people who give back to you with glad and generous hearts. May we give to you the gift of time, whether through daily private prayer devotional reading, or quiet walks in the woods. For in spending time with you, our souls are fed. May we give you the gift of our talents, whether through singing in the choir, decorating our sanctuary, caring for shut-ins, or leading a committee in its work. For in sharing our unique talents, we contribute to the richness and diversity in our common life here at Northside Drive. 
And of course, may we give to you the gift of our money. For in giving our tithes, we are inspired to be more open-hearted and open-handed in following your call to charity and enacted love. And finally, like the wise men, may your light call us to new ways of living. In this new year, may we not return to our homes, our work, our schools, our neighborhoods the same old way. May we be more loving, more patient, more gentle, more peaceful, and more grateful. Indeed, may we be different people because the light of Christ has shined upon us. In your most holy name we offer this prayer. Amen. Far away kings will come to bring gifts to the Lord's anointed. A reading from a psalm. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the needy, and crush the oppressor. May the kings of Tarshish and of the isles render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations give him service. For he delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. Here ends the second lesson. Please come forward. You can come closer if you want. Anybody have an offering? Is it right here? Got some good looking people here today. Okay. Oh, yeah. If you sit down here for me. Thank you. All right. So, today, y'all saw the wise men bring these special things in, right? Today is Epiphany Sunday. And it's a special Sunday because it's when we remember that <clears throat> Leah is very interested in the gifts. It's when we remember that the three wise men from the east, they saw the star that announced Jesus' birth, and they followed it all the way until they found him. And when they found him, they were so excited, they brought these gifts to him. Do you ever think about what they bring? You know, gold. You probably know what gold is, right? But then there's that one called frankincense, and then there's that one called myrrh. And, you know, I actually brought you guys some of this to see. So... <clears throat> Let's start with the, uh, the frankincense. And I put it in here. And I wanted to see if you guys, you can kind of smell it. It's got this uh, different smell to it. So if you just be real careful and you can pass the bottle to each other and you can smell. This is one of the gifts, the frankincense. All right, Leah, you want to pass that to Jolene? 
go in, you smell it, and you all pass that around to each other. So that one is the frankincense. And then that one has like a sweet, like a kind of a citrus smell, and you can have it like this in the solid form, or you can have it like an oil. And these, this one is the myrrh, okay? So I'm going to let Leah smell that one, and I'm going to let Aaron pass the myrrh around to everybody. I'll take a sniff and then pass it around. And then there was the gold. I do have chocolate in this gold. That is true. They found me out. So this one, they brought him some gold. And, you know, these were really special gifts because they were really kind of expensive. The frankincense and the myrrh, people use those in very special ceremonies. I'm passing around, Sydney. They use that in special ceremonies, and they, um, it had this special smell, and it cost a lot of money. And it was very special that they brought it to him because of that. You guys done with these gifts? Okay. And you know what? I want to talk to you today. You want to pass that back to me? About gifts, because, you know, gifts like this myrrh and this frankincense and our gold, these are really... They can cost a lot of money. But you know what? There are gifts that we can bring to Jesus and to God that don't cost a thing. And those gifts are the gifts that we give him when we love him and we love each other. And we can do that by praying and talking to God, telling him that we love him and thanking him for our gifts. And we can also love each other by saying kind words and doing kind things and showing each other how much we love God with the things that we do, okay? So let's say a little prayer about all of the good gifts that we can bring God. Let's bow our heads. Dear God, thank you for all the good and precious gifts that you give us. Help us to remember the precious gifts that the wise men brought to baby Jesus and help us to bring our gifts to you this week and every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Now I brought you guys some chocolate coins so you have to make sure you take one with you, okay? Alright. And Miss Mary Lou is there so let's have the small ones go down to music. Thank y'all. Alright, when you get your chocolate coin, go sit down. Here you go. Here you go, sweetie. Does he want one? Thank you.
reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, the epiphany, epiphany of the wise men, Matthew 2, 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the king of the Jews? For we observe his star at its rising. And have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called from the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been moored in a dream not to, be, to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Mary Frances and Bo and Van, for the reading of the gospel. Y'all did a great job, didn't they? Amen. I want to ask forgiveness, keepers of the liturgical tradition, because I've sinned. I put up my crash before the Christmas season was over. Where's Keith? And he was staring daggers into my back. We have three nativity scenes at our, our house, and I, I took all of them in their various sizes from the, the tiny baby Jesus to really tiny baby Jesus, put them away in their Ziploc bags. But you know, I did make some progress this year as I grabbed the Magi and started to place them in the Ziploc bag. I felt a little guilty. Because it wasn't their time to be put away. 
They hadn't even come yet to bring their gifts to the baby Jesus. They were late. I was early. None of us could seem to get on the right calendar. The notion of being late is what I've been thinking about this past week while pondering the gospel text that you just heard read. I think Epiphany always arrives at a time outside of our control. It frustrates our best-laid plans. It comes from a place completely outside ourself, and it always seems to be late. And the Magi's Epiphany is rather belated. Jesus had already been born. I mean, he could have been as old as two years when the Magi arrived. Matthew tells us that it was a star that got things going for this strange group of Magi from the East. And their epiphany was that somehow they knew the star heralded the birth of the king of the Jews. But they had missed the angels and the shepherds in the field. They'd missed the annunciations to Mary and to Zechariah. They'd missed the preceding years of scripture and prophecy and interpretation. They'd missed it all. Or so it seemed. But they still showed up. We don't know much about them. Perhaps they were astrologers, people trained in the art of reading the stars. The Bible translation we use here at this church and the King James Version translates Magi as wise men. But if you read the story, you may begin to question how wise they actually were. Let's go through some of their decision-making together. First, they decided to go and tell the king of the land, King Herod, that they were in town looking for the real king. I mean, if they knew anything at all about King Herod, they would have known not to trigger his massive insecurity complex. Herod's status as king was his chief preoccupation. He was married ten different times, and he kept making new wills naming the children of his latest wife to be his successor. And at the time of his death, he actually had five different wills, all with different provisions about who would succeed him. Don Janney, you weren't retained to represent him, were you? His ex-wives and children were always caught up in plots of murder and betrayal in a kind of Game of Thrones Judea edition. And that's all the stuff the Bible doesn't even tell us about. What the Bible does tell us is that King Herod was also a genocidal maniac. I mean, right after our gospel reading ends, he orders the mass killing of all children two years of age and under. So, all of that to say, it's probably not the best approach to go to this king and say, essentially, hey, can you help me find the real king? But that's what they do. And the other thing they do, which makes me question their status as wise, is what they show up with. Now, the gifts that they bring. I've been to my my share of baby showers. Many of you have, too. I know what's customary to bring. The precious blankets with the small lions or the elephants in the corner. Uh, The gift cards to Babies R Us. But I've never been to a baby shower where people showed up with frankincense, gold, or myrrh. Well, I can at least get the gold. I mean, that's like a gift card in the first century. But myrrh, do you know what myrrh is? It's a burial spice. It's like showing up to a baby shower with embalming fluid. 
And, and frankincense is basically fancy word for incense. I saw some of the reactions to the smell. They show up with gold, incense, and burial spices. We give the Magi a hard time, don't we? But, you know, they showed up. That's the important thing. They showed up. I think they had been looking their whole lives for evidence of God's presence. And for them, it was in the stars. That's what they were trained to discern. And God met them where they were. And God will meet you where you are. And it didn't matter that they were late. The point is, they were overjoyed because they had experienced epiphany. It was that simple. God showed up, and their natural response was to worship God. I mean, that's epiphany in a nutshell. It is the manifestation of God's presence in our lives provoking joy and authentic worship. And it can never come too late, and it doesn't matter what road we take to get there. God can take our late and most ill-conceived attempts at communing with God and turn it into the most profound epiphany. And the truth is, it is never too late with God. I mean, being late is just something we made up. You realize that, right? We made that up. And we're always talking about running late. How many times have you texted your friend, running late, be there in 15? Well, I expected that. Worried we'll be late for the party, late for the movies, late for the show. Worried we'll be late to God's grace, late to God's fellowship, late to God's love. Humans are a rather late addition to life. The universe had existed for, what, 13.8 billion years, we're told, and before God became flesh, there were these great creatures that roamed the earth and inhabited the seas, long since extinct. There were ice ages, great continental shifts, earthquakes, volcanoes, wars, untold agony. You know, a lot happened before we showed up. Human civilization is a rather recent phenomenon. I mean, we didn't even invent writing until 5,000 years ago. Pretty late. But God is not bound by the arbitrariness of our human calendar. In God, there is no such thing as being late. Because when God acts, we always experience it as being just at the right time, never late. Paul said it best in Romans when he wrote that, For while we were still weak, at just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. At just the right time. And what about our time? It's more than 2,000 years after the Magi showed up, and we might wonder, is it too late for us? Well, you have so many obstacles between us and God. We have historical critical Bible scholarship, the difficulties of language and interpretation. We have the problem of evil. We've got Netflix, Facebook, and Twitter. And we just have so many distractions from keeping us from the reality of the presence of the living God. We are in desperate need of epiphany. And we think it comes late because the manifestation of God's presence is always late in human reckoning. You remember the story in John chapter 11 when Lazarus died? Lazarus' sister Martha asked Jesus why he hadn't shown up earlier. 
He wouldn't be dead if you had shown up on time, she said. But when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, nobody was saying, too late. And what about all those poor people who died before Jesus was even born? I mean, they never got to hear the gospel. And this bothered folks in the early church, but the church decided that it was not in God's character to overlook even one person. So they decided that there would be epiphany even in hell. In between the crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus went to hell to give the good news to all those for whom the gospel had supposedly arrived too late. God was actually quite busy while we assumed God was late. You know, because a lot can happen in three days. Stock markets can crash, your 401k can get wiped out. Genocidal rulers can issue decrees that all children to and under must be killed. But while we're imagining that God has fled the scene, abandoned us in creation, know that epiphany is coming because God will never be late. Epiphany for all creation, that is God's truth. And it doesn't matter who you are. You could be an astrologer who spent your whole life stargazing, you could be a Gentile, never heard of Bethlehem. You could be a long-since-deceased relative that you thought was beyond God's reach. There's nobody who can be kept from the reality of God's presence if God wills it. There's no place where you can hide from the presence of God if God wills it. And there are no time constraints on God's decision to be for you, be for us. In just a few moments will gather around the table. And we will claim the promise that Jesus made that he would never leave or abandon us. We will experience epiphany anew. Because God has promised to show up in this bread and in this cup. God has promised to go through hell for us to make us whole again. God has promised that no matter how late we think we are to the party, we are still invited Remember that as you take the bread and as you drink from the cup. Amen. Each time a word is offered, we give an opportunity to respond, whether that's a decision to turn your will and life over to Jesus or to join our congregation or some other concern that you have. You can come forward during the singing of a hymn. That hymn will be hymn 193, O Love How Deep, How Broad, How High. And as we sing this hymn, we'll stand.
Each time we gather, we bring our celebrations and concerns and announcements, and I bring a couple of announcements to you this morning. Uh, A reminder that Triple E will recommence the first meeting of 2019 on this Tuesday, Tuesday, January 8th. Please make your reservations if you haven't so far. And our speaker will be Virginia Gilbert, and Virginia will be presenting on gun safety and gun violence. As many of you know, she's been very active uh, in uh, Moms, what's, I'm I'm blanking on the name, help me, Moms, yes, thank you, Moms Demand Action, and we've been following her on social media and then in the life of our own community, and I'm very excited to hear what Virginia has to bring us on Tuesday, so we hope you can join us. You heard me say at the beginning of the worship service about James and Liz being away, so we we pray for traveling uh, mercies for James and Liz as they return and for Caitlin and Peter, that they're not stranded. That was her last word. She said, I'm stranded. And I said, oh, well, can we get you a hotel? And she said, well, we're in civilization. We're going to get an Uber. So that's the modern world, you know. But we pray for a safe return for them as well. Uh, As we pray for each of you who carry within you your own struggles for yourself or for other family members and friends, we lift them up to God this morning. We continue our worship uh, by the giving of our tithes and offerings in the singing of this offertory song by John Weaver, Epiphany Alleluias. Let's continue our worship.
At this time, we'll celebrate Holy Communion, and we'll take communion this morning by standing in tinction. There will be four servers at the front, the choir will be served first, and then the ushers will direct you to the front. You'll simply take the bread that's offered and dip it into the cup. Now, this is God's table. It's not my table. It's not Northside Drive Baptist Church's table. It is God's table, and all are welcome at God's table. Well, please join with me in the reading of the Sursum Corda that's printed on the insert in your order of worship. The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, mighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with all the company of heaven who forever proclaim the glory of your name, singing... seated. On the night of Jesus' suffering and death, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, after supper, he took the cup, and having given thanks, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my name. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. We celebrate the memorial of Christ's redeeming gift, O God, through this meal that speaks of both sacrifice and thanksgiving. Recalling Christ's suffering, death, and resurrection, we celebrate these holy mysteries. Sanctify us and your entire church that we may remain faithful in love and hope as we follow Jesus Christ, our Lord. And hear us, O God, as we join together in praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven. 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. All of God's people are welcome at this table. Take these gifts in remembrance that Christ died and was raised. Therefore, let us come to the table in thanksgiving and hope.
Let us stand for prayer. Almighty God, we give you thanks for having refreshed us at your table as we have celebrated the presence of Christ. Deepen our faith, increase our love for one another, and send us forth into the world in strength and in peace, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. good word on this last day of Christmas. Let, let us savor this last day of Christmas together, this epiphany. And so this good word, may the God who appears in epiphany appear in you and grant you an epiphany of love. May the God who came to dwell among us dwell among you now. And may the Holy Spirit fill you with such passion for service that you give your life over to God in this hour and for the rest of your life. In Christ's name, Amen.